You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old trouble and drunk. Beat out old. Trouble on the drum and kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum and kick all trouble out the door. Kick him 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 out the door. Yeah. Well. Back, yes, like that shit on your shoe that you can't get off till the end of the day. Radical Australia is back with the world's greatest producer, Kelly Whitworth, a woman who does not want to live in the shadows. How are you? <laughs> hey, Joe, how are you? Good uh, afternoon. I've... Good afternoon to all our listeners. Do we actually have listeners? How yeah, do you we know? do. We how do. do you know? Do people, do people send you emails and because I text you up? them before the show, like make sure you listen. So we've got three listeners. That's right. Well, I am really. <laughs> You've got really two more pro- than Global Enterprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who's that? I don't know. Uh, it's, it's... Someone else is joining <laughs> us in this conversation. You mean, you mean we're not talking to each other? No, for we've got. Like some other about, little... You actually got a guest. <laughs> Someone else in the, in what, what, the, in what, the midst of it all. What did you find out about their past that you could actually blackmail them to come on Radical no, Australia? No, no, nothing like that. There's nothing like... Look, everything is an open slate, yeah? <laughs> That's that? how he likes it. Yeah. Yes. Now, I'm the world's la- laziest interviewer and I've got the most productive, intelligent... Producer, and <laughs> mm-hmm. what Kelly does is mm-hmm. about ten minutes before the show, and it is a show, tells me who I'm going to talk to. So I've done no research whatsoever, <laughs> and I'm proud of it. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to get this wrong. Mm-hmm. Is it Jay Waller or Jawala? Jawala. 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 Yeah, J W A L A. But like we spoke about before, you know. No, no, hang on, hang oh, okay, on, hang okay. on. Before doesn't rewind, exist. Rewind. Okay. Yeah, before doesn't exist because I may have met you in the corridor, mm-hmm. but nobody knows. Actually, we do have a history that oh, goes on. back twenty years that I'm going to remind you about. Ooh, uh, yeah. Ooh, oh, remind me now. Let's remind you now. Yeah, okay. So you used to do like a Anarchist World Weekly yeah, newsletter, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So back in like 2002 or 2003, mm. like I was going through a series of political court cases mm. like um, in the Northern Territory mm. for doing direct action stuff around mm. some pretty draconian laws in relation mm. to drug use, yep. kind of mighting classism oh. and racism um, with a group called Network Against Prohibition. Mm. And yours was one of the only anarchist publications in this fine colony that dared report on our group. 
And oh. I think that's because, like, there's this real respectability politics within the anarchist milieu around drug use issues, you know? Yeah, but yeah. I think it's more than that. See, a lot of... Look, I define anarchism as a very simple concept, and it comes from the you know the original Greek, as you know, without rulers. Mm. And if you go back to basic principles, what gives rulers power? Inequalities in power and wealth. Too many anarchists are crucified on historical precedent. They think historical precedent is everything. They don't seem to understand that societies change, mm. tactics change, mm. strategies change. Change and that struggle that you were doing mm. against prohibition in the Northern mm-hmm. Territory, you paid a great personal cost. Some of you went into jail. Yeah, some of us were in prison. Yeah, yeah. And we supported yep. you during yep. that period. Re- yep. Yeah, yep. we used yep. to get letter writing campaigns and yep. Yep. all the other. And prison- so the anarchist Black Cross in yeah. our Melbourne. Yeah, yep. and you yep. get all, and you get all these letters, and the other prisons will say, "What's going on here?" <laughs> yep, <laughs> yep, yep, and give you a bit of street cred in prison. Mm-hmm. So I'm very pleased that uh, I've finally met you. Yeah. Now, that, that's the nice part. Yeah, that's the nice Th- part. Thank, thanks yeah. for greasing me up, but it doesn't work, all right? <laughs> now, who was singing? Oh, uh, look, I don't know, but I can say it was oral assault, yeah? Oral <laughs> like, assault. Yes. Why is hey, when, 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 when were you born, you little punk? I was born in 1978. So good, uh, that good was, year, good year, that. <laughs> Yeah. Is that your year mm-hmm. as well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, explains a lot of things. Mm. Well, that was Tiny freaks. Tim. Was that Tiny Tim? That was before. No, that's that's <laughs> Australia's great 60s and 70s troubadour. Before you're even a gleam mm. in your biological parents' eyes, Margaret Road Knight mm. was out there as the troubadour for the protest movement, the anti-war movement, the anti-capitalist movement. Mm. In Australia, and you've dismissed her as Tiny Tim. You, you, you. <laughs> it young... wasn't a high pitched, like, high pitched screeching, well, is well, what it sounded like. No, no. I know that's a reactionary thing to say because people yeah, say that about well, punk well, music. And, yeah, yeah. Well, well know, we've interviewed. Electronic we've interviewed, music, uh, yeah. Pre Kelly, obviously, because mm. she wouldn't bother with old people. But pre Kelly, we used to. <laughs> Not if they're like them. Euthanize them. No. Euthanize them. <laughs> Well, soon. You know, the only good thing about being young is one day you'll be old and you'll be at the end of the euthanasia line. So just be polite, all right? Now, I'm I'm honoured to be talking to you because I've never actually interviewed a person who's known by their first name. I've never interviewed Madonna or Elton. So are you a well-known human being, are you? Well, it, you know, like I really feel like it's such a privilege to be here today. You know, I'm finally being recognised in the Melbourne activist milieu. Like, and no. I feel like I've made it being being part of Radical Australia. Yeah, you don't you get know? paid for this, you realise that. So you, you, yeah. get, you can get rid it's, of the baloney. It's not about that, it's just about the ego gratification. Ego gratification. I've finally recognised by my peers as a legit radical. Hang on, hang on, so, hang on, hang on, hang on. We're not your peers. Right. <laughs> no, you're too old. Exactly. You're too old. Kelly's your peer. She <laughs> picks the people we speak to. I have no say in the matter whatsoever. She gives me a – she says, this is you go – I said, they're under 40, you know, or well, they're just over 40. We're the old people. Last week she was very nice to me. She put in another septuagenarian in the room with mm-hmm. me, and we had a wonderful time, didn't we? Mm. A wonderful <laughs> – poor, poor yeah. Kelly, she was – Cringing because we kept calling her a prude. Mm. <laughs> she was cringing during the whole Get program. Get on with this conversation, will you? <laughs> 
stop talking about yourself. I'm not just talking about me. <laughs> You're talking about last week's show. <laughs> well, We're uh, here to discuss me. That's the very like interesting, exciting oh, okay, life. Okay. Actually, I can't think of anything worse than talking about myself for one hour, and I can't imagine yeah, why I, anyone I, would want to subject themselves to this. I am lulling you into a false sense of security because we asked the hard questions on this program. Look, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, what did I have? <laughs> I think um, I had um, methadone chased down with a cup of strong coffee, to be honest. Right, <laughs> Perhaps a cigarette yeah. as well. Uh, do you know the White yeah. Knight? Are you familiar with the White Knight? N- tell me. What? Or, or, no, or the White Lady? Maybe you're familiar with the White Lady? Uh, is this some sort of like? It's when you're on hard times and you have got a bit uh, of an alcohol problem. It's yeah, no, I, I don't know. That's that's maybe generationally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like we have different vernacular. The young yeah. people have different vernacular yeah, yeah, yeah. these days. We, yeah. yeah, it's metho and milk. I don't think it's changed the combination, but you've got mm. a different name. The white lady. You'd wake up and you. I remember I was under a bridge once in the seventies, mm-hmm. squatting down at Mount Isa, mm-hmm. and in those days you had all these. How shall I put it? People with who could have you've you could have helped with your anti-prohibition campaign mm-hmm. and uh, i was the youngest there i was about mm-hmm. 70 or 80 and every morning it was my job to go down to the milk bar mm-hmm. three kilometers away mm-hmm. to get some milk so yeah. they could start the day off so so how do you start the day off uh, how do I usually, mm. like, um, I roll out of bed, like, I try and shake off my sort of misanthropy, like, mm. and horror mm. at living in a sort of state of accelerated capitalism and then grimly, <laughs> like, drag myself out of the house right, and right. get on with the day, stoically get on stoically. with the day, yeah. What a, what a human being. Yeah. What a stalwart you yep. are, yep. you know. You don't have existential angst like the rest of us. Oh, no, mine runs deep, yeah. <laughs> deep. Yeah. It runs very deep. So, so, what's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? The first thing I remember, um, hmm, I don't know, but I, I will... Relay and early, it's not the first thing, mm. yeah, but it was certainly um, maybe, you know, a memory that kind of molded molded me. Like, um, mm. so I grew up in Queensland, well, not the Queensland. Excuse I was born me. on the Sunshine Coast, yeah? Excuse me. Mm-hmm. You're one of us. Oh, are you, are you also? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Refugee yeah, from yeah. Queensland. Migrant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, refugee. Migrant. No, yeah. for refugee. Yeah, okay, yeah. We used to have T-shirts. Yeah. And just say political refugee yeah. as we crossed the border. You know, yeah. the wetbacks. We were the wetbacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, so I was born like under the, you know, when it was during the Bjelke-Peterson era, yeah? Yeah, man. Like lucky I, girl, lucky human yeah. being. And so I had like kind of, you know, like hippie type, alternative hippie type parents, you know. And I remember being taken to, when I was maybe four or five, being taken to a Palm Sunday march, right? Like which was... 6th of August. Yeah, like full of just like, you know, long-haired types and Christians like with like... No, I got that wrong. That's Easter, Palm Sunday, that's the Sunday before Easter. I, I don't know. No, no, you should know your Bible. (laughs) <laughs> Why would well, I? Palm Sunday was the day when Jesus Christ... It's like a peace day or something, No, well, it? they did make it into a peace... It's well, like it is a peace day. A, yeah, yeah, but in, in the good old day, in the mm. biblical times, it's when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a horse, mm. and on a donkey, he couldn't afford a horse because mm. only Romans were allowed to, you know, mm. ride horses, Jews couldn't, and they r- waved palms at him because he was the new king. 
Mm. And the next week they executed him. But that's a different story. That's what happens to leaders. So <laughs> Palm Sunday rally, yep, peace. Yeah, yeah, so that was yeah, it was all very peaceful and so mm. forth. You know, like that was like anti-nuke hippies, that sort mm. of stuff, right? Mm. Like mm. Um, Christians, like whatever mm. peace mm. Christians, radical Christians, yeah, yeah, peace, yeah, and um, yeah, I just remember like this like intense police repression, you know, a literal beating of the hippies, like yeah, by yeah, yeah. truncheon wielding filth, mm. you know, like yeah, and then. Yeah. I remember all the men like linking arms to protect the women and children, which for me, I just think that is such a terrible protest tactic, right? It's like leaving your whole body and face exposed. and It's like a noble gesture, yeah? But I, mm. I just don't mm. get the linking arms thing, you know? Don't you? No, I mean, like, it's just making yourself like... Just, they just they don't, so they can't drag one of you away until they break an arm. That's what it's about. Yeah, the linking. I, I know, it's about also, solidarity. Yeah, I mean, I get that. I get, I get that. But also, it's like you know, you're leaving your face and everything unprotected. You know, yeah, like just remember, like yeah, skulls being split open yeah, and but, thinking, but, but, this but, but is, but, why are these people doing this? It's a peace march. We're peaceful <laughs> hippies and yippies. Leave us alone. You, you radical youth, you think mm. you can fight the state? <laughs> right. Okay. Are your parents still alive? Yeah, my parents are still alive. Yeah. Uh, would they ever listen yeah. to this podcast? Oh, they probably. Well, I subject. I often subject them to listening to my show, like or what mm. my show, the show that I do on Three mm. CR as well. Mm. But would you subject yeah, them to this podcast? Yeah, they would probably listen to it. They probably right. yeah. Okay. Well, tell us the wouldn't. wonderful things about your parents. Tell um, us their names and what type of people they were. Uh, they are because they're still yeah, alive. They are. Yeah, they're both very. They're both very lovely. <laughs> they're both. <laughs> They're both very lovely. Um, what are they like? Uh, kind of politically engaged hippie, greedy types. Right, I suppose, like, right, is the right, um, right. yeah, the easiest, the easiest way to say it. Uh, did, yeah. did, did you live? We're on? not here to talk about. Are we here to talk about my parents? We're here to me. talk about you. You yeah. are a product of many things. Mm-hmm. Bielke Peterson, mm-hmm. the Queensland Police, mm-hmm. your parents, the commune they tried to start, which failed. <gasps> Did you know I lived on a commune? <laughs> well, it's obvious. <laughs> I mean, there were two types yeah. of activists in the seventies in Queensland. I lived in the I lived on an Anand Margi commune. My, after my parents got divorced, yeah, I went to live with my like I lived with my mum on like this on, Anand Margi commune Ooh, on the Sunshine Coast. Tell us about it. This yeah. sounds interesting. Yeah, so it was probably like in nineteen eighty-five or nineteen eighty-six yeah, yeah. or something around yeah, that time, yeah. like. Um, and of course, like you know, the whole like Tim and like you know the Tim the Anderson. ASIO three yeah. Tim Anderson, yeah. all that crew, like yeah, yeah. you know, um, yeah. So what do I remember? I remember, I remember there was other kids there. Like I remember the place that we lived in, like with my mom, like had a big like um, you know, anti nuke like a uh, fluoro poster, like eighty style kind of yeah, poster yeah, on the yeah, wall. Yeah. Um, remember like, and it was. I guess, like, it used to be a horse shed or a cow shed or something, you know? Mm, like, mm, it was like mm. an old wooden building. Um, but, yeah, I remember there was, like, quite a bit of paranoia, you know? Like, um, like I got a strong sense call, of paranoia, you, like, from it, adults. Was it yeah. paranoia, f- uh, which was based on... For repression, real, political repression, yeah, yeah. you know? Or was it just, also, or just paranoia from smoking heaps of weed. I don't uh, know. So yeah. they were smoking heaps of weed in the, yeah, in the they, commune. Yeah, yeah. Growing I mean, it, smoking it. 
I wouldn't want to comment on those sort of illegal activities. Like, no, yeah, but um, yeah, yeah the the sense, like, just remember the, that sense the, of the, like a paranoia and persecution. Yeah, you know, like yeah, getting that sense yeah. from. From mm. the sort of adults. Well, that's the good thing about the Queensland Police. They could be bought off quite easily in those days, as we found out with mm. the uh, investigation later on. So mm. obviously the uh, commune leaders were paying them off and allowing you to kind of vegetate in the corner. No, you mm. What kind of commune did you call it? The, it was like Marga. Anand Margis. Like, Anand Margis. Yeah, they, yeah. Were, they were like this, I guess, they were like this sort of like um, kind of religious slash... Yeah. Political like movements, international um, movement. Yeah, they sort of yeah. started in West Bengal, yeah. and um, they were sort of really into sort of social justice and stuff like that. Yeah. But also, like they had some religious type ideas, and there was like a couple of them, like from the the Sydney branch or whatever, like um, that got set up for allegedly putting like a bomb in like the Hilton Hotel in Sydney, like mm. to take out the Indian Prime Minister. Yeah. Like during like Chogga meeting or something, meeting, yeah, yeah, I think in like yeah, 79 70, 70, or something, 70, late 70s, yeah. yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. see, what happened is the, the leader was actually uh, imprisoned in India, mm, yeah, and, and all the acolytes around the world. Mm. Major job was to put pressure on the Indian government to yep, release to the leader. Yeah, to secure his release, yeah. But unfortunately, yep. the whole thing kind of collapsed on itself because of internal contradictions and, yeah, and uh, corruption and exploitation of. You know, mm. of the members, and it was mm. very nasty yep. situation Mm-mm. because it it created a lot of disillusionment. Did it create any disillusionment in your mind? How long were you in the commune for? Oh, like probably only like six, six, like probably less than a year, six to twelve months, maybe. Oh, is that all? Yeah, and then it wasn't what, like a long, long nah. time. So, why did your mum leave? Um, I mean, she, I don't think she adhered, she didn't adhere to that. Like, uh, she, was not, she was not Anand Margi, you know? Oh, just right. some of her, like, friends, you know? It was just after my parents got divorced, like... Yeah, cheap, uh, people needed accommodation yeah, and, yeah. and help, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, were you yeah. the only child? Oh, I know I've got a younger sibling as well. Yeah, were they... Yeah. In, uh, they, were, they were there as well, yeah. Oh, were there as yeah. well. Yeah. And uh, has your younger sibling had... Has this had any effect on her, do you think? Um, I mean, I, I don't think... Yeah, I well, I don't I'm, think it probably like no. Is she an accountant, I assume and No just, And you're the radical and she's the accountant, no? No, I mean <laughs> we were vastly different. <laughs> vastly different. <laughs> yeah, we are vastly different. Yeah. 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 yeah, my yeah, my younger siblings like heaps heaps kind of shy and yeah. um yeah. yeah, a bit more retiring, you know, not not yeah. as Kind uh, of radical or outrageous and stuff, but we actually get on really well. They're, they're not an accountant, you know. Like, no, um, no, no, there's nothing wrong with accountants. Um, no, no, that's all right. <laughs> so, so you like water and fire, are you? Is that yeah, the combination? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you get a little bit over active and over anxious, she pulls yeah, a little bit of water sister, on you to, exactly, yeah, to, to exactly. save you from Debs. being incarcerated. Yep. yep. Yeah, well, that's yep. lovely. It's lovely to have somebody yep. like that. And she's still, she's in Melbourne or? Oh, uh, no, she is in Mianjin, Brisbane. Brisbane. Bris- Brisbane, yeah. What suburb? Oh, uh, West End. Oh, bloody hippie hangout. Don't you people learn anything? I mean, hey, I wouldn't be caught dead in West End. She must be renting. She couldn't be buying. No, of course she's renting. Okay. Of course she's it's renting. It's West yeah. End, you know. It's all... Of course she's renting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She she works like a soul-destroying job, like yeah, just yeah. Like, in order to sort of barely eke out like yeah, a meagre yeah, existence, yeah, you know. Yeah. Has she done you the yeah. ultimate honour and made you an aunt? 
Oh, no, 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 she's queer, you know. Oh, like, right. well, that, so, doesn't, mean, that yeah. doesn't mean anything. Yeah, yeah, no, it doesn't mean anything, yeah. like, but, um, yeah, mm. no, she has got no interest in breeding. In breeding. Same as me. me. Right, right. Neither of us, yeah. So when you both leave the planet, it'll yeah. just be compost. There's no, there's no DNA left. Well, no, that's that's fine. We, yeah. we we want the sort of dysfunction and the All horror right. to stop with us. Right. Yeah. Did you kind of move around a lot when you were a kid? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 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 And do you think that's had an effect on you now in terms of uh, lifelong friendships? Because it's, it's difficult moving around as a little kid. Um. Hmm. Uh, I don't know about in terms of friendships, but it's certainly like I think I feel like I'm pretty adaptable and flexible. Like, mm. and you know, ah, ah, he used the flexible word. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Everybody is resilient, flexible. Oh. Come on, I thought you were a radical. Oh, okay, next you're gonna say, "Have a nice day," aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> That's his bug there for today. People saying, "Have a nice day." Mm. Apparently, it's yeah. Americanized. It's Americanism. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You got to say, "Have a good one." Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Now you don't have to yeah. say anything. You can say whatever you like. If I think you're a nerd, you're a nerd. That's life. <laughs> a nerd? Did you say? Yeah. <laughs> that's Americanism. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, totally yeah. Americanism. Yeah. Oh well. But also, oh, like well. you know, nerds are supposed to be about people that were into sort of like in, more intellectual pursuits. Yeah. Right? And so you, well, you, I, pay, I, pay, I paid you a compliment. Nerds. I paid you a compliment then, and you've you are and a total you've nerd. Any, yeah, you no, are. No, I accept that nerd pride. I'm happy to be a nerd. I've you know been called all things in life and nerds i'm happy to stick with the term joe toscano brackets nerd well there is a, which you prefer joe toscano nerd or joe toscano curmudgeon uh, i think i prefer yeah i've been have been called a curmudgeon i've been called a nerd i've been called a mass murderer i've been called a psychopath so yeah you, you don't do talk back with attitude you don't produce that one. you've got no idea so you got any any memories about primary school? Um, okay. I remember one fun memory from primary school, yeah, mm. which was like there was some other kid that had some walkie-talkies. Like, Ooh, and yep. so they went to one end of the oval and I went to the other and we were playing with their walkie-talkies. And for some reason, like uh, the ambulance or something, like must have been like on some particular frequency. Yep, yep, yep. So like we got onto them and we were, I was like, hey, How's this the ambulance? And I was like, "Oh yes, we're at primary school. Like, some there's an emergency. There's an emergency. Somebody's broken their leg. Please come quickly." <laughs> so the ambulance oh. came rushing to the primary school, <laughs> expecting to find a child with a broken leg. And, they thought, <laughs> and it was all, it was all a prank, which I had hadn't considered the um, consequences of. Yeah, look, the difference yep. between difference <laughs> between you and me is if I mm. rang the ambulance and said somebody mm. broken their leg, I'd break your leg. So <laughs> it's going to be real. But you're a kind-hearted, nice person. Yeah, and absolutely. And obviously, absolutely. you know, you just took took the rap, did you? Did they say Yeah, I did. Kid? I did. I did take the rap. Ah, yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, hang on. Sorry. Oh, this, this I can't. Bo- noises. Oh, on, don't I'm worry about your phone. Oh, yeah, I was wondering what that noise is. Noise. I don't know. Look, look at this. Maybe post I'll take it to reception. No, this it's is a cool. post. This yeah. is a postmodern interview. <laughs> you know, I love those signs in the post office of the bank which say, 
If you use your phone, we won't serve you. So this is the end of the interview. Out. Okay. Right. Bye. <laughs> oh, you can come have back. Have a good day. Because you, you <laughs> have, a good day. have a nice day. Oh, have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> so did, did you find in primary school that you actually learnt anything? Uh, no, actually, I think one of the most interesting things that happened to me in primary school, yeah, was in year six, I lived in this horrible, hor- horrible country town called Maryborough, yeah, which I was know, like, Maryborough. it's awful. It's like... Yes. Very conservative, like quite racist, like um, really, yeah, not, not a nice place, yeah. Anyway, in year six, there was a family from El Salvador, mm. like a refugee family yep, yep. that were somehow ended up in Maryborough, yeah. And there was a woman, a girl my age, young young person my age, Juana, who like I was, I guess, like paired with, like, mm. and so. We used to sit next to each other in class and I would help her mm. with her work like, and she would teach me Spanish. And so, you know, from half of year six and year seven, that was amazing, you know. Like I mm. got to um, really spend a lot of time with my friend Juana and her family like, and, mm. um, you know, like I got to learn some Spanish and assisted her like in learning English and yeah, that was probably the most interesting thing that happened mm. in Maryborough. Have you yeah. ever had any contact with her, tried to find her on social media? No. Well, because I, I, we moved so much, you know, yeah, like yeah. after year seven, like we moved elsewhere and we kept in contact like pen pals for yep, a while, you yep. know, but then that sort of peaked it out like as, um, yeah. you know, my teenage years blossomed and hormones kicked in and like, um, excuse <laughs> me. Know, like excuse my me. hormones kicked in and... I got like excuse less interested me. in like writing, having pen pals. Excuse me, madam. Excuse me, madam Waller. Excuse me. This is a. This is. It's four to five afternoon. We're going live. There are kiddies listening to this program. That's the only people she could bribe. Kelly could bribe to listen to the program. Hormones. Hormones. What do you mean? What? So high school was just a roller coaster of hormones, was it? Oh, every every teenage person, like uh, you know, is influenced by their hormones. You know, like everyone goes a little bit crazy. Oh, so, yeah. so what was your craziest experience that you can share with the mm. listeners? Mm, I, I don't know, but like in yeah, like in after we left Maryborough, we moved to Briz. Yeah, um, at that time, my mom was an adult student, like mm-hmm. studying at UQ, and so she used to take me along to her lectures, like after I'd finished school. And, you know, that was pretty interesting. Like, I got really exposed to the university library and, you know, got, like, I guess, like, started. And there's also, like, 4ZZZ, like, which, you know, I stumbled upon. So I guess, like, that was a sort of blossoming of... And also because it was the early 90s, you know, like, there was this renaissance in Brisbane, you know, post Bjorki Peterson. Like, um, so there was all this amazing you know, subcultural stuff happening and um, lots of bands, lots of sort of alternative art, that sort of stuff. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was a really, you know, great time. I reckon reckon the 90s in Brisbane would have been much better than the 60s and 70s in Brisbane because the big big radical thing was eating nasturtiums and mango (laughs) beans. But you go about culture. So when you left high school... Yeah. Did you... 
Okay. I didn't finish high school. What? I didn't go to uni. <laughs> well, I didn't ask whether you went to uni. I no, said, did you didn't I... finish. What, what, so what, what year did they kick you out? 11, 10? When uh, did you work out? No, I finished year 11. Yeah. And then, yeah, I didn't finish. I, I, I left in year 10. Yeah. Like, and then I went back, like, uh, in year 11. And um, finished year 11. But then I left, like, in year 12 yeah, again. Yeah. And so yep. what, what did you do after that? Uh, then I was pretty, by that time, like I was 17, so I was pretty keen to be leaving Queensland. <laughs> so, um, Who isn't? Yeah. So I went Sorry, to- quick Queensland <laughs> listeners, podcast listeners. She didn't really mean it. I, 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 I left, meant it all. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be buried in Queensland. You know, that's, really? That, oh, that's going to be my... my my ultimate you irony. You Peterson got a state funeral in Queensland. Can you believe that? Yeah, like the Labor yeah, government yeah, gave yeah. him a state funeral. Yeah. And what are you surprised about? I'm shocked. I'm what, shocked. What, I actually went for? to Kingaroy, yeah, looking yeah. for Joe's grave. To, to piss on it. <laughs> I'm not going to say why. Yeah. <laughs> to pay homage to. To pay homage. <laughs> I know you talk. And, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, unfortunately, it's easy, it's he's buried in Bethany, which is the family, like, yeah, it's yeah, the family. Yeah. And, you, um, and you, don't to, you, don't, you don't want to just... That's why he's in the family property because yeah, they were concerned yep. about his grave being uh, upset. I oh, don't worry; she's only the producer. Don't worry about her. You know, she she wants to get you a glass of water. She wants to keep you lubricated. Oh yeah, no, actually that would be great. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, she, thanks, she's thanks. very good, Kelly. You know, yeah. she's the best producer in the world. The only person who'll actually work with me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you find that is that an issue? No, 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 no. There's nobody else. Nobody else. I don't understand why she keeps she finds the guest. Do you have a reputation that precedes you? No. No, no, no. She finds the guests. She does yeah. all the technical work. She's a great producer. Yep. And I just yep. stumble on. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. You're listening to Radical Australian Community Radio 3CR 855 on your AM dial. This program is streaming on 3cr.org.au. The program is podcast. You can access the podcast by going to 3cr.org.au. So what does a young woman do after she leaves Queensland? Okay, so I was pretty keen to actually leave so-called Australia. So I went to Sydney. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I went to Sydney, yeah, and like as a young person, like with no education and stuff. I mean, you know, with no real sort of education or prospects, and like you know, not having wealthy parents and stuff. Um, yeah, I started working in the sex industry, right, and then um, yeah, made money and then went overseas for quite some time. Where'd you go overseas? Um, I went, I went to India, Nepal, India, um, and then I was. Yeah, I spent a couple of years in India, um, and then I was in Holland for one year. Mm. Yeah, let's let's go back. England. You know, yep. you know, um, Kelly was in Holland for a few years. Oh, really? You could I exchange lived there for three years in my mm. mid twenties. Where Where were you? Utrecht. Okay. Yeah. Where were you? Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Quite different places. Yep. Amsterdam is a world of its own. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I went to Amsterdam thinking, wow, it's going to be like, you know, the sex <laughs> the sex industry mecca of Western Europe, you know, well, like, yeah, but yeah. then when I got there, 
you know, they have a kind of very regulated, like, sex work is legal, but, like, you know, being legal, it's very regulated, you know? Like, so Mm -hmm. as a person with no visa, it was actually really difficult to be able to find somewhere to work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what was India like? Oh, yeah, India was pretty pretty interesting. Which part did you find most... Most you kind of got I, on. I with. really like Calcutta, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell us really about like it. Calcutta, what did you, what did you do I really like Cal- Delhi. What did you do in Calcutta? Oh, what did I do? I've like spent time with the sex worker organization mm-hmm. in Calcutta. Right. Yeah, and um, I was yeah also hanging out with the drug user community mm-hmm. as well. Like, and I visited lots of the Kali temples as yes, well. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Explain to people what a Kali temple is. Okay, so in the, uh, <laughs> not everybody, the not everybody. On, like of uh, gods, goddesses, etc. You know, like there's some um, one incarnation of Shakti, like the I guess like divine feminine is mm-hmm. Kali, who is you know ha- they're um, you know the, the destroyer. You know, like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, there's this idea that like through. You know, through destruction, there's like a new creation, you know, like, and often like Kali is depicted as, you know, dancing on the supine corpse of her recently deceased spouse, husband, you know, mm, like mm, a male, mm. the, you know, male divinity. Mm. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, there's a lot of like, you know, when people pay homage to Kali, like there's um, a lot of, you know, slaughter of doves and goats and mm. so the temples are pretty gory you know right yeah mm. so it, it appeals to my sensationalist sensibilities yeah, as a young person look, look, look visual <laughs> visual color smell yeah. it's all part of the human yep. experience people don't yep. understand that yeah we tend to sanitize everything in the, mm. in the western world you know yeah we even sanitize death I mean, it's pretty interesting, like, when I went back to India a couple of years ago, yeah, mm-hmm. and I went to, like, um, this place called Gohati, right? Like, and, you know, like, in, the, that's, like, one story of, like, one of the incarnations of Shakti, like, uh, or Kali, another incarnation, like, of that feminine deity, Pravati, was chopped up into, like, 112 different pieces, yeah? Mm-hmm. And so... All throughout, like, India, you know, there's, like, a mountain and people are like, that's where her breast fell. Yeah. Like, there's a lake, that's where her eye fell. And anyway, there's this one cave where her yoni, where the yoni fell, yeah? And yeah. it's this cave that secretes, like, every year this ochre liquid, right? Mm. Which is supposed to be sort of the menstruation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, like, there, there's all this sort of temple complex that's built up around that. But what I noticed, right, like, since, I guess... You know, being in India like in the late 90s and then sort of going back four or five years later is the rise of Hindutva, you know, <laughs> like the Hindutva movement, That's Hindutva right. fascism, yes, yeah? Yes, anyway, yes. so like this, this, te- this temple in Gohati, there's all these like statues, you know, like of female deities, like with their yonis on display and stuff. Okay. But uh, I guess like, you know... Um, this real conservatism that sort of come along like with the, you know, empowerment of Hindutva fascism, 
like you know all these yeah these thousands of, you know like don't tell of me on. don't tell me that they've put David's fig leaf on the unis yes yes <laughs> yes 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 nothing yes changes. they've yes they've completely exactly <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. there's like bits of material like there's bits yeah, of like material yeah, definitely yeah. not see through covering up like yeah. I, you know I, the you know, unis I think in the eighties I went to Central India there was a place early eighties school I think could you Rahul or something? Yeah, where yeah. The, the, every, well, there's all these sexual yeah, yeah, scenes, yeah. you know, yeah. carved in stone, yeah. and you'd have all these young Indian wet newlyweds <laughs> would turn up to have their <laughs> sex education. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was really funny. So, yeah. so let's, let's, let's move forward. So how did you end up in Darwin with that group? Okay, so um, I had come back to Australia after I'd been overseas for a few years, like um, – then a friend and I were travelled up to the north of Australia and we were planning to hop from Darwin mm. to Indonesia. Yep. Anyway, when we got to Darwin, we met up with a few people, like, and, um, yeah, we just, you know, a few activists and stuff, and, we're ta- you know, everyone was sort of talking about this new uh, raft of legislation that had just been introduced because the Labor government had just been voted into power after having... 27 years of, like, the country Liberal Party, yeah? When's this, what, to orient people? What oh, yeah, year? this was in 2002, mm-hmm. 2002, yeah? And so um, part of this, like, raft of legislation was this tough-on crime package, right? Like, which had this one – had a particular so – some of this legislation was, like, drug so-called drug house legislation that gave the poli- – empowered the police, gave them powers to put a 1.2 fluorescent green – um, sign on your front door saying this is a drug property and it gave police like permission to be able to enter without a warrant at any time use whatever force they wanted do a cavity search on someone without getting like um you know magistrate yeah, magistrate yeah. yeah and um yeah all this other stuff right but the sort of the police could put this on your house if they had visited the property three times in the past 12 months and suspected that people were under the influence of drugs, right? And the sort of criteria for this was completely spurious, you know? Like, um, And so, of course, this was all, you know, when, when this... Like, so so we, we found out when the, you know, legislation was going to be passed in Parliament, like, and then we planned to go into Parliament to... Of a protest, we found that like the door to the parliamentary chamber was open, so people went inside and disrupted, like the, you know, the disrupted assembly. the process, right? Yeah. And like that, it's pretty significant because it was the first time that drug users had ever been in the parliamentary chamber to do that sort of direct action, you know, mm. like. Mm. Um, mm. So, it was, but it was a big price to pay. There was a big price to pay, yeah, mm. and that was just like one action out of like you know. Several years of like That's really right. going yeah. hard with like doing yeah. direct yeah. action stuff, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, we really tried to, um, you know, fight those laws passing, and then once they were in, you know, like to really try and bring some discourse and debate to those laws, you know, because mm. of course, mm. the first person, unfortunately, the laws passed, like, and the first person that got this drug house sign, like, was a – it was an Indigenous woman that was selling weed that lived mm. in Housing Commission, right? Yeah. And also part of, like, this drug house – these drug house, like, policies was that 
anyone within 200 meters of the property could also be searched, right? So because this was in Housing Commission, mm. basically it criminalized the entire complex, right? Yeah. So it's just another way of absolutely criminalizing the poor mm. and criminalizing, you know, predominantly like indigenous people as well, yeah? Mm. So it's like mm. really based in sort of, not just like mm. the sort of intense systemic racism in the Northern Territory, but also like pretty intense mm. classism, you know? Yeah. So yeah. so so. Any of you um, survivors put this down in a written form because it's important to record that history and the struggle and, yeah. and how it went. So how about, I mean, I give we, you, how about if I give you some homework? I'm I mean, very we, good at getting, just, No, hang on, hang on. Okay, go on, oh, yeah. You were a central participant mm. in all this. The trouble is that when you die, and you and I are going to die, I will die before you, it will all be forgotten. You need to put it down. Mm. I mean, when you read history, radical history <coughs> from the past, we get snippets here and there. Mm-mm. It's a worthwhile project, you know. Yeah. I'm not being facetious. I'm being mm. serious. Dead no, I serious. agree. I agree. I agree. And that, I mean, the, I guess the tragic thing is that some of the sort of core people that were involved in that have, have already passed away, That's you know. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I know that some of the core yep. people involved have passed. Yeah. But I know a number of the core people are still alive. Yeah. I mean, we, we have done, in fact... A, a shameless shill in this uh, issue of Whack magazine, which is a magazine for drug users printed by Humbrucks in Victoria. Uh, there is actually an article about this in there because this year is twenty years, yes, yeah, since right. all that that's since we right. launched that campaign. That's right. And we actually have an I have an interview that's still in the process of being edited that I'm going to play on Global Interfata pretty soon with like one of the other participants, uh, like yeah, in. Yeah. In our crew, you know, I, I can't. I can't believe it. You edit, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on here? You're supposed to be the super radicals. We're the we're the, we're the, the minor little reformers, mm-hmm. and we don't edit. We just go live to where yeah. we let you use the uni, uni word, whatever it is, <laughs> over and over again. Now, all right. So, how long did you last in Darwin for? Uh, I lasted there for until 2004, I think, and like what, two and a half years. And then what happened? Yep. And then um, I went overseas again. Uh-huh. And then, uh, yeah, I moved, like, I think I moved to Canberra for a year. And then mm-hmm. I was doing stuff, like, with drug users. Like, yep. in, had a job, like, you know, like, uh, doing support stuff for drug mm-hmm. users going to court. Mm-hmm. And then um, I moved back to – I moved to Sydney. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I kept doing sort of drug user mm-hmm. – So drug when, user, when did you it, see the light and you came to Melbourne? Oh, I came here in 2017, actually. Well, you've only been here five years. Yeah, yep. It took you that long. You were born in 78. No, I, yeah, I was born. <laughs> it's a big <laughs> world, Joe. It's a yeah. big no, world. No. I lived overseas for a, like a long time as well. After I left Sydney, I was overseas for 10 years or something. Where, where, where? I was in Thailand for four years. Right, you didn't get yep. knocked up in Thailand, locked up or anything? <laughs> locked. Sorry, locked up. My apologies. Oh, like... <laughs> Um, it's a tough that, place. We won't, we won't, we won't, we won't, uh, won't go there. No, no, but it's a tough place, Thailand. For I know. I well know, believe yeah, me. Yeah. Yeah. So you paid the right people. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Four years in Thailand. Where else? You said two uh, years. Oh, yeah. I was in, um, I was in Nepal yep. for, yeah, for 12 months mm-hmm. as well. And then, um, where else? 
You would have been in Nepal during the Maoist uh, revolt, wouldn't you? Uh, I was not. I was there after that. Yeah, I was there when the earthquake happened in 2016. Oh right, that was after a few years after. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what drags you back to Australia? I got deported. <laughs> from where? Where did you get deported from? I got deported from Indonesia. You got deported. What for? Yeah. Overstaying well, your visa? No, no. No, we won't no, go we there. No, we won't go there. Yeah. No, so yeah. you were deported from Indonesia. Yeah, well, I that's, not very, that's not yeah. very nice. That yeah, they, I agree, yeah. You know, they sent yeah. you back to us. No, I know. It was the ultimate punishment. It was the ultimate punishment. Yeah. You were deported to Australia. Yeah. Did they pay your airfare at least? No, no. Well, what do you mean? <laughs> no. no. You had to pay your own airfare. Yeah, yeah. You were yep. deported. You to, yep. What happened if you didn't yep. have an airfare? Exactly. You had to sit in immigration prison until you could get the money. To be deported. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Indonesia's lost our gain. <laughs> Melbourne 2017. Yeah. Obviously yeah. you had a, a large network of uh, friends in Melbourne. Oh, uh, yeah, that's why, yeah, that's okay. why I came here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what, yeah. what have you been doing the last five years? Uh, so what have I been doing here? So mm. That um, you can talk about on yeah, radio. Okay, yeah. Between four and five slots, all right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I've been doing, yes, I'm involved in sex worker organizing here. Mm-hmm. And um, what does that what does that entail? Okay, so, um, yeah, so uh, did you know like, like the laws changed around sex work like well, earlier this year? So yeah, there was like a big campaign to decriminalize sex right. work, yeah? Yep. Mm-hmm. Like um, that was kind of led by sex workers. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying you've been an organiser. What what did that entail? I think I think that's what people are. We understand about the legislation yep. and and the inadequacies and that. Mm-hmm. But what? How, how do you go about that? It's, it's a difficult area to organise in. Well, I don't think it's that difficult. Don't. I mean, it's not that difficult. I think that like you know, people in the sex industry, like there's this perception around people in the sex industry that you know. We are all like victims or like, you know, that mm. we're just doing that job because we don't have anything better to do or we're stupid or whatever. But actually, mm. like, I feel like a lot of sex workers are really kind of strongly politically engaged, actually. like, and Well, they're at the cutting of, edge, aren't they, of the law? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, particularly like, you know, when mm. sex work was criminalised. And actually, even now we have dec- so-called decriminalisation here, there's still, you know, some sectors of the sex industry, like sex, street-based sex workers that are still criminalised, like on particular days and particular times, you know. Like, so, for example, at the moment, post 10th of May, which is when legislation changed here. Mm. Like, um, mm. if you're a street-based sex worker, you're not allowed to work on Christmas Day near a church, yeah? Mm. Mm. Like, which is just really for, like, we're supposed to live in, you know, a secular society, yet, you know, like, mm. and, and this society that we've got is pretty... Hang on, hang on. <laughs> Are you sure you're not a politician? Because you're not answering my question. <laughs> what was the question again? It's very simple. How do you go about... Oh, how do we go about organizing? Because, be- you just call meetings, like, right, at, like right. that's, that's, meetings, that's what I mean. Like. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah, what people what, don't. People think. To, yeah. People think that you have an a activist. meeting and then yeah. think that okay, what is it that you want to do? Let's go do it. All right, so like, it's all right, not no, that difficult. That's what it's I'm not tr- a magic formula. That's what I'm trying to get out of you. Yeah. A lot of people think, what's the point? Why bother? Nothing mm. ever changes. Cynicism reigns supreme in postmodern Australia. Right now, you have been able to organize. People. So give us the nuts and bolts of how the people you're involved with and you did this because, mm. you know, there's major changes have occurred. Mm. So 
I mean, we have like uh, we have a, an organization here in Victoria that's run by and for sex workers called Vixen, and so yeah, when we want something to happen, like we call a meeting, like and then people come together and talk about what are the issues, you know, what strategies do we want to use to, you know, like highlight these issues, like who who is it that we need to target to talk about these issues. And then people just do it. Like, right. I mean, it's the same as with any with any group. It's like you a know? golf club. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. It is. It's the same as like any group. You know. Yeah. Where yeah. people come together. Now, yeah. somehow, a little birdie told me that uh, you're actually part of three CR. Oh yeah. It was so Kelly. She's been saying that all for the last. I haven't been listening. I don't minutes. listen. You know, oh, I don't yeah. listen. Yeah. You know, I don't listen. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So, okay. This is something else I've been doing since 2017. Yes. <laughs> like, I've been involved in the Global Intifada show on Thursdays from five till six on Glo- 3CR. Global what? Global Intifada. <laughs> you know the show. I, I, yeah, you were you were waxing on, lyrical on, about your on. favorite guest, DJ Kepper, the teenage Nazi. <laughs> the thing is, the thing is, the thing is, the big fan of Black Sparrow. Yes, the, <laughs> yeah. the, the, the thing is, the thing is, you're not talking to me. You're talking to the thousands of people that Kelly's paid to listen to <laughs> Radical Australia, mainly kids under fourteen. All right, so they don't know. Tell us about it. What's what's the whole purpose of this program okay so um we we talk about issues that are happening like uh internationally and locally we play music that's sort of related to the particular issues so for example you know we might like in june we'll talk about um you know week of solidarity with long-term anarchist prisoners then we play music like that was written by long-term anarchist prisoners or in solidarity with long-term anarchist prisoners so I guess like we use music as a vehicle to both complement the sort of top political topics that we're talking about, but also as a vehicle, you know, like, um, mm-hmm. yeah. See, I've got, I've got a great deal of respect for the program and I don't have much respect for anybody, mm-hmm. as you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but because of the, the amount of research mm-hmm. you do mm-hmm. and the and what you find and dig mm-hmm. up from the archives, it's quite mm-hmm. extraordinary. I think it's one of the mm-hmm. best researched uh, programs here on 3CR, mm. you know, and there's a lot of work involved. How much work would be involved to, you know, just get a one-hour show? I mean, it depends how how much we want to put into the show, you know. Like oh, sometimes, agree, yeah. like, sometimes, like, I'm very slack, like, and I'll just be like, I've got to do a show uh, and just throw stuff together, yeah? yeah but yeah. if, you know, if we really want to or if, you know, Speaking for myself, if I really want to like put a lot of energy into a show, it can take maybe like eight hours or ten hours, sometimes mm. longer. You know, yeah, yeah, you can see yeah. that in the production. Can go for as like as short or long. Mm. Like, and and how many like, of you? How many are involved? In so there's three of three of us at the moment. Mm. Yeah. Would, so you, would you like to name the other prisoners? Steph, Kepa, and I. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then sometimes we have like international friends that come and come and go as well, or send us stuff. From OS, yeah, oh, that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. And do you enjoy being here at Three CR, or is it a bit of yeah, tedious? No, a bit tedious. No, I, I really, I really like it. Uh, yeah. I think it's amazing that you know Three CR is this like resource for people here. You know, the only complaint I've got is that around this area the reception is really bad for Three CR. You know, I've got another complaint. What? 
I really detest 3CR being here because mm. every time we have radio fun, I've been here 45 mm. years, we get less and less and less financial support. Mm. And I assume it's because the reception's really bad. They don't even know we exist. I mean, that's because uh, I listen to 3CR in the car, the work, the work, not my car, the work car all the time. Right. Yeah. right. And yeah, it's it's the reception's fine everywhere except around like as soon as you turn onto Smith Street, yeah. the reception dies. Mm, yeah, mm, it's a legacy. It's yeah. a legacy of the Fraser era mm. because you realise that there were no community. Ra- we used to have pirate radio before. Yep, community radio. You have a little backpack and you go up in the hills and mm-hmm. they'd be looking for you and you do a half hour program and you think mm. you're a real hero. Yep. <laughs> But once the community licences came out, mm. as you know, most community radio mm. stations now have either been uh, taken over by Christian fundamentalist yes. groups <laughs> yes. and uh, community radio isn't what it was because there yep. wasn't that radical milieu that actually uses community radio. Yeah. So you're relatively young. You were born in 78. You've got at least another, unless people like me destroyed the planet before then, you've at least got another 40 or 50 years on the planet. Have you got any mm. plans for the future? Oh, there is a pretty exciting plan that's coming up for the 31st of August. Uh, what's that? That is going to be a resurrection of radical drug user politics, like in the same vein, yeah. <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> like of, um, Boom, boom. Yeah, we like, had a joke. We had a joke <laughs> yeah. from the Madam Waller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so on the 31st of October is International Overdose Day. And so um, I heard from, yeah, I've heard that there will probably be something exciting happening on that day and that interested <laughs> Don't get me drug started. users Don't like, get or me people sta- in solidarity with drug users should go to the steps of Parliament House that morning and there will prob- there'll be like an event there like yeah. but then there'll be something exciting happening afterwards uh, can I give you but some t- advice being an old veteran of the steps of Parliament House yeah <laughs> go on go on <laughs> everything you do is monitored I remember when we did mm-hmm. we did a 10 day it was a two week protest on mm-hmm. the steps of Parliament House for mm-hmm. public housing before the last state election yep yep and I was one of the main organisers mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm sleeping on the you know I'm sleeping on the footpath mm-hmm. and I get rudely awakened by this copper who kind of taps me in the ribs mm-hmm. And he says, one of your women's been urinating in the gardens. <laughs> <laughs> so they can see everything. There's a whole bank of cameras. Yeah. I'm yep. just letting you know. Yeah. If it's a bit too exciting, you may. Yep. And then what happens Oh, no, is, that will be re- – that's going to be quite tame, you know. All right. It's going to be like uh, – it's, it's quite street tame. Street theatre, street yeah, theatre. But they're, they're my, yeah, then there'll be some street theatre afterwards. And like, um, how can folks find out more? Oh details? yeah, so if people are interested, they can come to an organising meeting, which is going to be happening on Saturday. That I think it's the twelfth or thirteenth of August. Whichever of is those dates is a Saturday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's um, at the back room of Harm Reduction Victoria, which is at one. I think it's one two eight or one nine two or something Peel Street. Oh, anyway, right. it's a it's on, it's a building on the corner with big fluoro posters out the front. We'll put it on the website. Yeah, at Harm Reduction Victoria. Yeah, mm. yep. and tell yep. us about this magazine and you're talking about. Okay, yeah. So Wack Magazine comes out every like three or four months, and so it's a magazine by and for drug users. So like um. You know, people can send in the contributions. Sometimes people send in personal stories. Sometimes people send in, you know, analysis about drug policy. 
sometimes people um you know sent in like interesting historical stuff that's happened mm. like and actually there's an article in the current issue the current issue of Wack magazine that's pretty interesting which sort of draws parallels between colonialism like and drug policy in so-called Australia you know like mm. because mm. like I don't know if you've heard about I think it was called the like sale of opium act yes yeah I know all yeah, about the sale yeah of opium like act. so it's yeah it's pretty yeah. it's pretty wild that yeah, that sort of provided all... the whole framework right like mm. of some well it was actually an excuse yeah that yeah was used yeah but i mean that's totally it's an ex- that's what i mean yeah. by like drug policy yeah. is so tied yeah. up with colonialism right. in this country right, right. like yeah. um yeah. yeah, so uh, like, um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it was based on, interestingly, it was based on Aboriginal labour. Yeah. So what they said is, I mean, the, the, the squatters used to ply the Aboriginals with alcohol mm-hmm. and the Chinese used to ply them with opium because yeah. they were cheap labour. Yeah. So they saw it as competition from the Chinese for cheap Aboriginal labour, so they introduced these acts which uh, control the use and distribution of opium. It's quite an interesting yeah. period if you look at Yeah. But but it was about like out of sight, out of mind, you know, yeah. because it like you know mm. it completely. Oh. oh, we run out of time, hey? No, look, okay. this is what happens. Fifty six minutes are over. The producer puts <laughs> her finger up and says one minute. Yeah, she doesn't, and she says we got one minute. Now, look, all I can say. Now, I'll get it wrong, obviously. Jawala. Joella. Joella. Yeah, whatever, whatever. Joella. Yeah. Spell it for us. J W A L A. Say, say, Joella. if people want to. Contact you? Do they do it through a Facebook page or something? Oh no, <laughs> use social media. <laughs> it ain't excellent. Um, you all can right. just um turn up at the meeting. Yeah, in, come in to August. the meeting. Yeah, yeah come to the yeah, meeting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yep. All come right. to the meeting. Look, yep. it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yep. You're Same a great thing. addition to 3CR. You're an ornament to the station, oh, and we need people yeah. like you in Melbourne. And if yes. you dare go back to Queensland, we will hunt you down uh, and bring you back because uh, we need you here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Kelly. Joe. Have a nice day. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what it would be like to be homeless in a city under curfew and in lockdown. When your everyday life has been turned upside down and it becomes illegal to be on the street. Tune in to Homeless in Hotels. A three-part radio series giving voice to the people who went from a life on the street to a life in hotels. And the support workers experiencing the shifting ground on the front line of COVID-19. Premiering on Thursday, July 28th, 12pm to 1pm. On 3CR, 855 AM. Homeless in Hotels, a 3CR supporter.
You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.